Will they find a home? Sponsored by Geico. Jane doesn't mind an apartment with no elevator. Five flights of stairs is five flights of cardio. Bob is a little less enthusiastic about stairs. I hate stairs. Compromise is tough, but these two won't have to compromise when they bundle renters and car insurance with Geico. It's easy, and they could save even more. In the end, Jane and Bob found an apartment that's a four-story walk-up. And Bob? Yeah, there's a freight elevator she doesn't know about. What were you talking about? Oh, uh, nothing. Bundling without compromise at Geico.com. From the basement of the Bob and Tom studio, it's that Josh Arnold podcast. Oh, my goodness. A new month already. Time she do a fly, don't she? Man, oh, man, it's June. Oh, we just had the, uh, well, what they call the unofficial start to summer. Memorial Day weekend. Oh, what a terrific weekend. The grills uh, fired up. Perhaps uh, pools have opened up. Uh, Perhaps school is over. And, uh, ah, man, let's get this summer going. Well, we're going to get this podcast going because our guest this week, my gosh, if we aren't in for a treat... Man, oh man, one of my absolute favorite people. Uh, A person who is uh, very, very skilled and uh, yet remains humble. So to talk to them, you wouldn't really know just how wonderful they are uh, because they're such a, uh, well, they're they're very discreet about it and uh, very down to earth. Of course, I'm talking about you. It's you. Holy cow. Thank you for being here. Oh, you look good. I hope you're feeling good as well. Uh, I am. I had a great uh, Memorial Day weekend. I'll talk a little bit more about that uh, farther on down the road and um, today, but uh, still farther down down the road. Um, but for now, I would be remiss if I did not mention our sponsor for the week. Um, <laughs> now, if you remember, last week's sponsor was, of course... The sun. And I hope that uh, last week you were able to uh, enjoy the sun uh, a little bit, at least appreciate uh, what it does for us. Uh, but <laughs> our sponsor, uh, this I, you know what? The sponsors have been reined in a little bit. And, uh, uh, well, you'll, find, you'll, you'll see uh, the proof is in the pudding here when I announce this week's sponsor. This week's sponsor, soap. Oh, boy, where would we be without soap? Uh, we'd be filthier, wouldn't we? And uh, perhaps germier. So, yes, uh, whether it be uh, bar soap or hand soap or uh, soap on a rope, which, by the way, I've uh, only seen, I think, at like the Cracker Barrel store uh, before you go in to eat. I don't think I've ever seen. I've no, I, I know I've never used soap on a rope. Um, I mean, the obvious thing would be that soap on the rope uh, prison showers would have it, but I don't. I don't know that they do. Uh, I'll have to ask Tom Griswold. He's the expert on prison showers, and um, uh, maybe he can enlighten me a little bit. Uh, man, I used to have a joke. Oh boy, this was early in my open mic days. Um, it was when Da Vinci Code was. Uh, I think the movie came out, and I said. Uh, Oh, man, I'm really looking forward to the sequel, Da Vinci Code 2, Pope on a Rope. And it meant nothing. I just thought it was weird and silly. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, it got nothing. It, uh, it, it ne- <laughs> I think I gave that one like four or five tries uh, because I thought it was just uh, so, I don't know, silly and just, a, you know, whatever, odd. And, uh, well, turns out silly and odd, not always what uh, stand-up audiences want. They, they, they would rather have a good joke. <laughs> But anyway, soap, ah, uh, oh man, a wonderful, wonderful product, that soap. Um, I know I use it daily, and uh, I imagine most of you do as well. Oh, looks like there's a jingle here this week. Uh, I'll go, well, we'll go ahead and play that. Are you dirty? Nope. I use soap. Well, how about that? Boy, oh boy. I hope, uh, I hope you get to uh, enjoy <laughs> some soap very soon. And, uh, uh, man, the only time soap uh, might be bad is, well, if it's in your eyes. Um, uh, I mean, that stings. And then uh, if it's in your mouth. Uh, my mom washed my mouth out with soap once. I forget what I said. It wa- I, re- I do remember that it wasn't a cuss word or anything. It was I sassed her about something. And... <laughs> So she decided to wash my mouth out with uh, with soap. And it was uh, no fun. Yeah, no fun. So <laughs> anyway, use some soap soon. And uh, uh, man, the basement is uh, nice and cool down here. Um, You know, I'd still rather be elsewhere. Uh, I, I mean, I'm happy to be with you. Don't get me wrong. But I wish geographically I were elsewhere. We'll see what happens. Uh it is, um, we're getting to the point where the basement uh, is going to start feeling a little, uh, oh, not uh, sort of uh, musty, you know, because uh, there's moisture in the summer and uh, things are going to get, I don't know, it may get a little uh, uncomfortable coming up, but today feels all right. Nice and cool. Uh, some some new spiders building some new webs. And uh, boy, I'll tell you what, in that left corner over there. I do. I don't know if I want to see the spider that built that web. There's a mouse in it, and uh, I can only imagine uh, the size of. Well, anyway, uh, you know what? Let's get away from this dingy basement for a little bit and hop on board the TGA Express. That's right. It's the Arn Track, the only steam-powered monorail in the world. Uh, Listen to that. Yes, I mean it's a monorail. For good reason. Uh, it uh, takes us out, then it takes us right back. So, uh, yeah, very easy. In fact, there's no there's no uh, engineer on this uh, monorail. It's all computers. How about that? Did you know that? Now you do. Oh, my goodness, if we haven't stopped off at, well, I'll be Vocabville. That's right. Oh, good to be here in Vocabville. And we were actually invited to Vocabville this week by a uh, a faithful, uh, loyal listener of that Josh Arnold podcast. Pickle. Pickle wrote in, and, uh, oh, Pickle's a good man. He is a good man. And he uh, wrote in to say that he had just seen a word that he didn't know existed. And I got to be honest, Pickle, I have never heard this word before, and I'm thrilled that you shared it with me so that I can share it with everybody else. This is a great word. It's something that we're... It's a um, uh, phenomenon, I'll say, uh, that we are all familiar with um, and have all 
sort of uh, taken part part in at uh, one time or another. It's uh, well, it's a noun, but it is something that uh, we look. We're, we're all familiar with the word is mondegreen. That's right, M O N D E green, G R E E N, mondegreen. And I'm, oh man, this is such a cool word and I can't wait to throw it around. And uh, particularly on the Bob and Tom show, when uh, this topic does come up, um, it has before and it will again. And I can go, oh, you mean a mondegreen. And uh, it'll, it'll it'll simultaneously, um, in like, uh, it'll, it'll uh, pique Tom's interest and also he'll hate it because, uh, <laughs> uh, well, as, as, uh, pseudo intelligent as he is he um no he's a very very he's honestly a very bright guy but he he doesn't care for words that are never used but uh, somebody tries to use them which i do all the time because uh i think it's fun and i uh i do enjoy annoying him so mondegreen is a word or phrase that results from a mishearing of something said or sung so uh famous mondegreens Boy, oh boy, um, think of all the songs, song lyrics that you've misheard and have sung incorrectly. That's a mondegreen. So uh, uh, there's a bathroom on the right as opposed to there's a bad moon on the rise. That's one. Um, excuse me while I kiss this guy as opposed to excuse me while I kiss the sky. Jimmy, Hunter, you know him. We've all heard him. Now, it doesn't have to be um, just... Uh, song lyrics, it can be uh, you overheard somebody say something. Um, the the example that uh, ugh, Merriam-Webster, man, oh, man. I mean, they look, they have their place, but uh, ugh, they're just not as uh, strict as I'd uh, like. Anyway, the uh, example that they give is uh, very close veins is a mondegreen for varicose veins. So you can hear, oh, man, my varicose veins are really hurting. What do you mean you're very close veins? No, I said varicose. <gasps> we just experienced a mondegreen. My goodness. Yeah, isn't that a cool word? So uh, I hope you get to throw that around this week. And thank you, Pickle, for uh, bringing it to our attention. Uh, it's a good one. I'm going to use it a lot. Mondegreen. Man, I'm trying to think. Uh, I was recently corrected on a mondegreen. And, um, well, I don't remember what it was. So what I could have done was said, uh, not brought it up. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously I brought up the Mondegreen topic, but the fact that I was recently corrected on one that I can't remember didn't need to be said because it was, well, uh, quite frankly, just a waste of our time. Um, uh, I should stop talking about it because, look, I continue to waste our time. And uh, you know know what? I'm not going to do that anymore. We're going to move on on the the TJA Express. My gosh, where is it taking us now? Oh, it's, uh, see, that's the thing. It's, uh, <laughs> I mean, we get right off. That's the good thing about the monorail. It may be steam powered, but we don't have to uh, start. Like, it just goes. You know what I mean? It's like zero to 25 in uh, like three seconds, which may seem slow if it's a car, but for a monorail, I mean, hey, not too bad. So, my gosh, if we're not in. Bookburg. Oh, what a lovely place to visit. And uh, this is a special trip to Bookburg. This is where uh, we discuss our favorite uh, books, of course, literature, whatever. And um, I have to be honest, we're tying this visit into Bookburg 
with a new segment on that Josh Arnold podcast that we call Not Guilty Pleasures. Court is in session, and uh, we (laughs) will have found that uh, the pleasure uh, that we are going to discuss today, not guilty. And here's what I mean by that. Everybody says, oh, yeah, it's kind of a guilty pleasure of mine. I sort of, I don't really believe in in, uh, guilty pleasures, rather. If you like something, why feel guilty? Uh, Enjoy it. There's no reason. I mean, I get the concept that... um, uh, it's like, oh, you know what? It's not very good, but I can't help it. I like it. Well, okay, but you like it. Don't feel guilt. Celebrate it. And uh, who cares what everybody else says or thinks? Um, if you enjoy, uh, well, I, well, I'll tell you, uh, my not, not guilty pleasure uh, for this week. It's a series of books by an author named uh, Steve Alton. And uh, I discovered these books, um, boy, Years ago, and uh, I, I'm going to say early 2000s. I, I, I don't remember the publishing date of the first one in the series. Uh, but they're continuing to this day. And in fact, a movie came out recently based on the first book. It's the Meg series about megalodons, the giant prehistoric sharks that, uh, well, according to... Uh, the Meg series lived uh, near the Mariana Trench under a very strong um, sort of underwater river that uh, that served as a sort of barrier between their world and ours. And, uh, well, if one of them doesn't break out and uh, <laughs> make it to our, our oceans and terrorize uh, some sea vessels, seagoing vessels, and and even some uh, beachgoers and whatnot. Oh, the movie uh, Jason Statham was in it uh, a couple years ago. Chick and I went to the theater to see it. Had a decent time, uh, but the books are just a lot of fun. Uh, there are, well, I believe the latest one comes out this year. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So that'll be the seventh in the series. Now, I'll be honest, I've read the first five. There's one called, uh, so I've read The Meg. Oh, man, that introduces us to this uh, crazy, crazy giant shark. And I've read The Trench, the sequel, which turns out there are more megalodons. And I've read Meg, Primal Waters, and Meg, Hell's Aquarium. Hell's Aquarium, do you believe this? Some folks actually thought that they could keep these megalodons in captivity and have shows uh, a la uh, sort of a Jurassic Park type conceit. And uh, I tell you what, things go wrong, all right? I mean, when you're... Uh, imagine uh, trying to uh, train regular great white sharks for uh, for shows. Well, that's certainly risky. Uh, but, well, now turn them into the size of a uh, passenger ship, um, some sort of cr- a cruise ship. I mean, you're just asking for trouble, and trouble does ensue. And... Trouble continues in Meg Nightstalkers. That's right. And so I need to read Meg Generations. And then the one coming out this year, 
uh, is Meg Purgatory. And I wonder what happens, uh, what what further adventures uh, <laughs> uh, could, uh, what, what, what that book will entail. It, it, it should be a lot of fun. These books are a blast. Steve Alton, A-L-T-E-N. Look them up. And uh, are they high literature? No. Are they terrific, fun, exciting, uh, somewhat silly, but also uh, uh, educational in the ways of uh, teaching you about sharks and stuff like that? Yes. Yes, they're a lot of fun. Great, uh, obviously fun beach reads. And um, I-, I think you'll get a kick out of them. They're ver- they're quick reads and uh, they are uh, they're very entertaining. The Meg series. Start with The Meg. And then uh and then it goes the trench. And then the rest of the books have actually they actually have Meg in the title. I think Steve realized, well, heck, I've got a franchise on my hands here. The movie was sort of in um uh oh, what do they call that? Uh development hell for a while, where like Jan de Bond, who directed Twister and Eraser and uh he oh and speed to cruise control well and also the the original speed he uh, <laughs> uh a fun director he was on board to direct and then that fell apart and then i think uh if I, if memory serves uh, eli roth the uh um oh boy the notorious horror film director of hot the hostile movies and uh um Cabin Fever, he, he was going to do a version, which I think would have been uh, a hard R if uh, they let Eli kind of do his thing. But uh, no, they eventually uh, kind of made it PG-13, fun for the family in a sense. And uh, <laughs> well, hell, when you're uh, if you're making a movie about giant sharks, like giant sharks, don't you want the 14 year olds to be able to? I mean, if I, my buddies and I, when we were 14, oh, we would have been there. Uh, opening day. Well, heck, Chick and I were there opening day <laughs> because we are fourteen-year-olds at heart. So enjoy Meg the Meg series. Do not feel guilty about it, but I do hope you derive some pleasure from it. And that is this week's visit to Not Guilty Pleasures. And um, we'll see about editing that sound effect. So, <laughs> uh. Oh my gosh! Let's get uh, as the uh, monorail, uh, the the TJA Express takes us back to the basement. Why don't we go over some uh, not just one question of the week, but a couple questions of the week, and uh, see what you all had to say? And man, oh man, pickle! Thanks again for Monda Green. That's a, that is a fun one. Okay, Andrew writes in. Uh, oh, in regards to last week's uh, story about my night spent at the Lemp Mansion. He says, allegedly, there was uh, grainy camcorder footage from the Lemp Mansion circa February 99 of the Beast with Two Packs haunting the second floor. I see. I see what he's doing there. He's mentioned, he's, well, it's, it, <clears throat> he's suggesting that my girlfriend and I who were there were okay well uh seriously the uh, seriously though he goes on I just googled the Lemp Mansion basement and it is nightmare fuel man you know what it never occurred to me to do that Andrew until I read your letter and um I did it I googled Lemp Mansion basement and I have to you know there are a few and only like of the I don't know 20 photos I looked at um, 
only two struck me as as being like accurate to what I remembered feeling because again I was in pitch uh, it was pitch black and I had to feel my way around um and uh I saw I saw one of a staircase where I went that's definitely the staircase I climbed but I can't be, and then some may have been pictures of the basement of the Lemp brewery not not necessarily the mansion but there are underground tunnels to connect them so uh oh boy but the the the, the photos that I, it, it did you know what I would have been just as scared if the lights had been on uh, it's so creepy looking but uh thank you for that man uh, he says his grandparents lived in Webster Groves uh, in the St. Louis area. Oh, hey, how about that? It's a beautiful uh, suburb, uh, um, little town there, township in St. I went to Webster University right in Webster Groves, graduated from there. I, you know, I've never talked about my college days. We're going to have to do that soon. So, uh, Kevin, uh, good man, he writes in um, with, uh, oh, you know what? This is a good question. How different do you think the Bob and Tom show would be if swearing was allowed? A terrific question. My initial response is not as funny. I, you know, and that might surprise some of you. I don't think it would be as funny. Some of the the dramatic tension, uh, some of the best dramatic tension in the show is caused by the fact that we can't, that we have to tiptoe around certain issues and words. And I think it challenges us to uh, <laughs> to try to come up with creative and new ways to um, be uh, to discuss those things without actually saying them. Um, it I love it. I love that challenge, and I am glad that we're prohibited in a in a certain way. Uh, I also like that. Um, People who would rather not hear uh, what they would consider offensive words have a show that they can listen to in the car or whatever and not. uh... Now, content wise, obviously, we get a little blue or we get a little adult, but we can't, um, you know, a lot of it's just in the name of childishness and. Uh, but if you don't like to hear the F word or the S word or whatever, then uh, don't. And that's actually one of the reasons I don't uh, swear on this show, really, because I, um, well, there are a few reasons. Uh, uh, I don't want to get in the habit of uh, cursing into a microphone because then, um, even though I'm down here in the basement, when I, it's the same kind of microphone that I use in the uh, on the morning show in the main studio. So I don't want to get in the habit of... Uh, <laughs> cursing into that because I will slip. I'll slip. Um, now I do. Uh, I have. I have no problem hearing cuss words. I mean, yes. If if somebody's overdoing them, uh, it can get a little old and stale and uh, lazy. But if they're used well, oh my gosh! I mean, sometimes they're the perfect um, tool in somebody's comedy act or. Uh, uh, even in uh, dramatic things and st- so yes yeah i have no problem with them uh generally but in my act in my in my comedy act when i go out and i do uh 45 minutes or 50 minutes or whatever i'll be honest i have probably ugh, currently i probably have five or six um f words and i am really trying to trim it down 
to like two because uh, when I use them, I want them to be as powerful as possible. And uh, if I overuse them, it's just going to weaken the word. And uh, I think you kind of have to show respect to the four-letter words uh, <laughs> um, because they can be overused and then weakened. And uh, I don't, I don't want to dilute them. I want them to hold the power that they have and to be, uh, and to be as uh, comedically poignant as possible. Um, so I, I'm really trying now. The, well, Josh, why don't you just trim those extra three or four that you have? Because I'm having trouble um, when you edit your your own stand up. Sometimes eliminating one word, kind it it, it uh, weakens the joke. Which and and what I mean by one word is it doesn't necessarily have to be a curse word. There's something about the cadence in the delivery of the joke that if you eliminate that one syllable, uh, it it really does affect the pace of that punchline. And I could, uh, and I've tried different things by like, you know, saying uh, freaking or saying um, uh, lesser um, curse words. And it, it's, just, there's something about it. It's just, I'm, I can't get it to work. But I will. I will. That's the job. I uh, is for me to uh, put the work in um, and <laughs> make the the uh, appropriate changes. And um, when I have been able to do that, it's super satisfying. It's really satisfying. Um, all there are a few other reasons not to curse so much. And I know the question was about the radio show, but uh, in terms of stand up. Um, TV, obviously, if uh, a comedian wants to get on Conan or, uh, well, you can do a little cursing on TV. But, well, he, he actually, he's not really. Uh, anyway, if you want to get on uh, Kimmel or uh, any of the network TV shows, um, you need to be, you can't use those words. So it's best to not even write them into your jokes so that you don't have to alter the pace and the cadence and all that stuff. Um and, you know, now that I'm uh, people are coming out to see me live from the Bob and Tom show, they're fans of the show, they're fans of the radio show. Some of them um, don't they they're, they're not coming. They don't want to hear the curse words because they know me from the radio where I can't use them. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's uh, I, I want to try to keep it radio friendly, but still pepper in some R-rated language um, when effective that's that's the key is uh, when is it most effective and not and in a good way when's it going to get a really good laugh uh, and not uh for shock value or anything like that something that's been on my mind and uh and i appreciate that question regarding the radio show because it really is fun to try to work around those rules and uh when it, when we slip up and so <laughs> something is accidentally said we have ways to make sure it doesn't go uh, over the air, um, but it's it's usually pretty funny because it was it's a legitimate accident, that kind of thing, and uh, we all make mistakes, and so it's funny to go, oh man, yeah, whoops, you you messed up. Uh, anyway, um, I ah, boy, yeah, I wouldn't have it any differently if uh, for whatever reason the FCC went. You know what? Anything's fair. I don't think we would change. 
Um, because, I, yeah, I, I don't think we would. And I don't think a lot of people would want us to change. It might be kind of thrilling to hear us uh, be foul-mouthed a little bit, but I think for the most part, us trying to work around those parameters is uh, really what's what's most humorous. In fact, uh, one of my favorite bits, which happens to be legitimately one of Tom Griswold's least favorite bits, is when the number 69 comes up and Chick and I and now Willie and so we lose our minds. Uh, this is one of my favorite bits for a few reasons. It's so stupid and like uh, hack and... Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, it, joking about the number 69 is so overdone that when we go hog wild over it, I think, I genuinely believe that most listeners know that we're being idiots on purpose, that we we know that it's overdone, and that's the fun in it, that we're just being stupid. Tom is worried that people don't know that, that they think we're really trying to pass it off as something cool and funny. And uh, I bet he's right um, about a very small percentage of listeners. But I, I think for the most part, uh, our audience is uh, savvy enough to understand, okay, these these buffoons are just being silly. And that bit also, usually what will happen is somebody will say uh, 69 degrees out or uh, they were on Highway 69 or whatever. And we'll woo-hoo, hoot and holler like morons. And then I and I will try to start singing a song, a song about <laughs> explaining what that is. Well, oh, here's how it works. You lay on your back like it's a real sort of soulful, romantic song. Which is why would it be? And the joke is that I never get to explain how it works. Tom always cuts me off with, "Okay, that's enough. All right, don't do that." <laughs> but I'm going to let you guys in on a little secret. <laughs> Every time we do that, Tom is being serious. He is genuinely concerned that I'm going to start singing explicit instructions on how to perform, perform that move. And <laughs> I wouldn't, but I, I think that I've, uh, oh boy, walked the line and or stepped over it enough times to ha have him mistrust me a little. As <laughs> And uh, there is some some worry there that he that he he thinks I'm going. I never would because again, to me, the comedy is me getting cut off and never getting to the full instructions. <laughs> but uh, I, you know what, he's all but told us to stop doing it, and uh, we're not going to. <laughs> Chick loves it. Uh, I love it. Um, it annoys him. It annoys Tom, and uh, if he, you know what he should have done is told us how much he loved it, and then maybe we would stop. <laughs> One time he even said, uh, uh, I go, I, I even mentioned recently when we did this, the 69 thing, I go, ah, it's no fun anymore. Tom hates this bit. And he tried to give us the, uh, oh, well, you know, it's illegal to be discussed. <laughs> And I go, look, maybe if I if I actually went through with the song, it would be, but I don't. We never get that. We never even get close. You cut me off so soon. <laughs> and then, by the way, uh, after that, he goes and says something way a hundred times worse than what I was trying to do. So, uh, but again, that's all in the fun. It does. Uh, it really is quite amusing. Uh, really good question, Kevin. Um, and Mitch. Mitch writes in, uh, 
First off, I love the podcast. Oh boy, will you listen? Oh boy, that's that's uh, how sweet. I uh, I could uh, read these all day. Oh, um, we've heard this. We've all heard the story about the comedian who walked off the show, and in the video of it, he's obviously sitting next to you. Is there any part of that story that you can share? I'm very curious. Well, sure, yeah, and uh, like anything of this nature, uh, all I can do is give you my version of it and how I felt and what I think was going on. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to speak for. I can't. I can't speak for everybody in this scenario. But uh, if you haven't heard the story, what happened is one morning, a uh, a guest of ours, a comedian, uh, was got got upset and walked out. And um, we were all kind of thrown by it. And um, uh, so uh, he, uh, here's what happened. Um, He had been in before, and uh, I don't remember if I, yes, I had been in, I had been working here when he had come in before. And he has, he had talked about on the air a somewhat of a checkered past that he has. And, uh, um, so that would lead to some teasing and ribbing and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And uh, he had uh, some jokes about it and uh, everything. Every experience I ever had with him. Um, oh, by the way, his name is Chad Zumach. Uh, every experience I've ever had with him. Uh, nice guy. He, he was always uh, very friendly with me. Um, now, I had heard some stories about him being um, not so friendly, but I never I never saw that myself. Uh, I had only met him a few times, maybe three, something like that. Uh, and, uh, I, um, I, and he was also very friendly with some friends of mine and stuff like that. So I, I tend to take when somebody goes, oh man, I had a bad experience with that person, or I heard that person did this or that, or I always kind of take that stuff with a grain of salt because you never know what somebody's going through at any given time. He may have just been having a bad day, a bad week. Who's to say? Now, that, I'm not I'm not suggesting that if you're having a bad, uh, a rough go of it, that uh, that excuses ugly behavior. It doesn't. But uh, look, we've all we've all uh, lost our tempers at times, or or been less than friendly at times. And uh, so I try to give people a, a, I try to cut them a little slack. And uh, anyway, uh, so that's. Uh, what I had known of him, I knew of him as a uh, a nice guy with uh, a history and with a certain reputation, uh, negative reputation with some people. So um, he came in uh, that mo- that particular morning, and he was in the green room, and uh, a chick went in and and immediately uh, made a joke about his. Uh, past that he had brought up that that Chad himself had brought up before and uh I don't uh, a chick um fears because uh, he and I have talked about it that he came off it may have come off harsher than he meant it to and uh I I I don't apparently uh, Chad took it uh, he kind of grinned and bared it I think uh I, I don't remember but he wasn't but it, it 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 come to find out it probably bothered him more than than uh, chick meant it. Uh, he certainly didn't mean it to, and that that more than he realized. So, um, Chad finally comes in uh, on the air, 
when I say finally, I think he was sitting in the green room for maybe 15, 20 minutes or whatever. And uh, yes, he was sitting next to me and Tom and Chick and uh, Christy and I, were, we were all in here. And I think Godwin. Um, yeah. And uh, the show, we, we come back from commercial and Tom introduces Chad. And uh, he says, hey, uh, you know, whatever. And uh, we talk for a little bit. Everybody's kind of talking for a little bit. And we get to a news story and we're all sort of talking about it. And I make a joke about something. And Tom says, uh, finally, a joke. And I didn't get the impression that he was addressing Chad with that line. I got the impression that he was addressing all of us uh, with that line. That, uh, okay, geez, let's can we get to some <laughs> humor or whatever? He was just being a, a smartass, as he's wont to do. So, uh, as soon as uh, as soon as he said that, I I laughed, thinking that it was a joke at all of us. And uh, our guest threw off his his headphones, and uh, like literally threw them, took them off his head and threw them down under the table. And he uh, got up and he he was saying something like, "I don't need this," or "What? Why did I?" I I forget. I mean, I couldn't really tell. It was sort of mumbled and and. Uh, he walked out and we were kind of laughing um because we thought it was we thought he was playing up being insulted it turns out he wasn't he was uh, he was actually offended and mad and uh he left he he walked out of the studio and he walked out of the building and uh boy we were all kind of thrown um and uh one of the <laughs> i look uh i'm not laughing at uh, Chad with this. I am laughing at the situation when I when I am laughing about what I'm about to tell you. One of my favorite things is <laughs> when an awkward situation <laughs> becomes more awkward. I don't I, look, I don't I know. I, it's uh it's, it's one of those things where <laughs> when there's an awkward situation and you try to leave it but you ha- it you have to come back to it. There's something about this that really <laughs> <laughs> really makes me laugh. Well, the he he forgot his phone. So he stormed out of the building <laughs> only to have to come back <laughs> uh like a minute later and ring the doorbell <laughs> for somebody to answer it. Hey, can I can I get my phone? <laughs> after making this uh after storming out and essentially making a statement of I'm not going to put up with this. I don't want to be treated this way. I'm out of here. Uh, it kind of giving us the finger in a in a way. Um, whether look, he may say we deserved it. Uh, he's totally. You know what? He's uh, of course allowed to have that opinion, and uh, <laughs> but to do that and then to have to come back. Can I get my phone? <laughs> that's that's kind of a bummer. So uh, yes, he was given his phone and then he ended up leaving. And uh, yeah, so that's the story. It's kind of become. Notorious. Now, uh, we continued on. We were on the air. We weren't going to just break or whatever. And so we were on the air. And and like two or three minutes later, Kostaki Economopoulos was calling in to uh, either talk about the NFL or do his economy monologue, something. And the poor guy is uh, <laughs> throwing jokes at us and getting, I mean, we're all so 
we're all so confused and uh, unsettled by what happened and like and sort of reflecting on oh man what what, what that was real and what a weird feeling and uh, it didn't feel good to have somebody walk out on us and to know that oh man that guy he was genuinely upset and uh, I mean we use the when we say guest we mean it you you are our guest and and uh, <laughs> he, you know. So uh, poor Kostaki was really working and getting nothing from us because we were all kind of thrown and I we were trying to sort of get into it but couldn't. I eventually, I think a bunch of us, uh, without knowing it, ended up texting him. Um, it's not like we all got together and said, hey, we need to text Kostaki is what I mean. We all did it on our own going, hey, you called it the, it wasn't your fault. It was a really bizarre circumstance. We were shaken by uh, uh, Chad getting up and leaving, and uh, so so anyway, I don't know uh, if he ever said anything about it or, or not. Like I said, um, uh, you know, always friendly to me. Uh, I had heard things, I had heard uh, contrary stories, but I, I I have to say, he except for the time that he walked out on our show, um. Always, always friendly. He always shook my hand and he, hey, good to see you. And uh, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know what he was, what he was going through. But he certainly didn't like uh, how he felt mistreated. So, uh, look, I, and I would never want uh, anybody who hears that story, who who is a fan of the show and likes us, to uh, if you ever see Chad at a comedy club or uh, see him uh, on social media or something, to give him a hard time. Uh, you know. He had a rough morning, whatever, you know, whether it was perceived or whether it was, uh, re- you know, real, I guess, for lack of a better word. Um, he had a, he had a rough morning and uh, haven't we all? So uh, I, I don't know. None of us. Look, we will occasionally joke about it because, uh, I mean, that's how this question even got asked. Mitch had heard the heard about it, but didn't really know the full story. That's the full story. And um from my from my point of view, uh, I know I spoke a little bit there for Chick, but I'm only I was only relaying what he had had told me, and I, I don't think he would be uh, upset about me doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, so uh, it was awkward. It was it was awkward, but I certainly hold no ill will towards the guy unless he's uh, not telling an accurate version to a lot of people out there. And I, I have no, I have not heard that that's what's happening. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that that's not what's going on because it did, it did kind of feel like a um, protest moment. Like um, uh, I don't want to accuse him of having it planned. Like that, that was his plan that he was going to, he was going to because there are folks, there are comedians who do not like our show uh, for whatever reason. Um, maybe they didn't have a good time. Uh, maybe they didn't get the laughs. They thought they thought they should have uh, stuff like that. So um, maybe they felt like they should have been on well before they were. Who Who's to say? I have no idea. But I do know that there are some comedians who have bad mouth. I've only I've just been told that. So, um, again, I don't hold any, look, we're, we're not for everybody, but, uh, if you're not being honest with what happened, if you're, if you're out there lying about something, then, eh, I may, 
I certainly don't uh, agree with that. <laughs> but anyway, that's what happened, and uh, hope the dude's okay. It was, uh, yeah. Um, I haven't heard anything uh, about him. I'm sure he's out there working, and hopefully he's doing uh, just fine. So, uh, thank you, Mitch. Oh, you know what? Mitch had a uh, kind of a second question here. Obviously, the morning show is comedy-based, but is there any moment on the show that has left you unable to speak because it was so incredibly funny? You know what? Um, You know, no, nothing has really, like left me completely dumbfounded to where I just couldn't talk. Now, there have been things where I have laughed ridiculously hard because I, I, I just find them to be so funny. Uh, one is um, this audio of an orca, a killer whale, uh, purportedly speaking English. And that, every time we play that, which is probably like once every six months or something, we get reminded of it. And we'll play. It makes me howl. I can't stand it. First off, they're like, he makes some uh, fart-like noises, which, uh, oh, my God, they just kill me. Uh, I know. And uh, uh, he, it's also, uh, <laughs> like, I, it's hard to explain. It's He so blatantly doesn't say some of the words that they're asking him to say that uh, it's, it's it just makes me laugh really hard. Now, there are times, and sometimes this happens, this happens a lot, and it's not just me that'll do this, uh, everybody does this, where somebody says something that we that is so funny that we don't laugh, we just go, okay, that is funny, and that's, uh, that. I wonder how, if that's a weird response for somebody to listen to who uh, has never done comedy before um, in, in some sort of capacity, because <laughs> uh, you would think, well, if it was so dang funny, how come you didn't laugh? Well, we are all in the business of comedy, and sometimes you just admire somebody's handiwork. Sometimes you just hear a joke, and you go, okay. And you're in your mind, you go, that was so perfectly said, perfectly timed, perfectly placed in the conversation, quick. You just you just go, okay, hats off to you. I I, I realize how funny that is, but I am admiring the uh, artistry <laughs> uh, of it and uh, not so much enjoying it for the joke that it, I'm just really admiring it. And um, yeah, so that happens a lot. You'll hear, you will hear somebody almost every morning go, okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> and uh, it, it, you can, and they mean it, they mean it. So, uh, you know, that's one of the th- cool things too about, about this show is yeah we tend to give each other an honest reaction uh, about if if a joke doesn't work and this happens to me a lot if I say something and uh, they don't find it funny they let me know <laughs> and then some of you are kind enough to go you know what that was funny and uh, screw them or whatever <laughs> but ah uh, oh, man it's uh, yeah good stuff and good questions thank you so much for sending those in. And uh, you, too, can send in questions if you like uh, at joshpodcast at bobandtom.com. And real quick, I uh, I want to thank you guys. Um, you know, I don't do this every podcast, but I I probably should. But I just want to take a quick second and thank you guys for, uh, for listening to this podcast and joining me here and being my guests week in and week out. It really means a lot. 
And I'm also bad at self-promotion and at social media and stuff like that. I, I, I uh, have an inner war uh, almost constantly uh, in my head about uh, getting better at it or uh, getting off of it completely or <laughs> whatever. So I go through phases. Um, but I want to thank you guys uh, for listening. And if you would, uh, subscribe. Subscribe so that you don't uh, miss an episode or you know what's going on. And uh, if you're so inclined, uh, leave a review as well. It, those things, uh, I, I'm told, um, and by people who, who definitely know, are really helpful. And uh, I, I would really appreciate you taking the time. So thank you so much for doing that. And feel free to, um, if you're not already, follow me on Instagram, even though as of late I haven't been on it as much. But uh, like I said, I go through phases. So there will be times on there where I will be posting very, very heavily and uh, stuff like that. So um yeah, unfortunately, I haven't. I've only been on like once a week lately for uh, like twenty minutes, if that, or whatever. So just to kind of check some messages and say hi to some some folks. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, that Josh Arnold at Instagram. Uh, all right. I hope, uh, as I said earlier, that uh, your Memorial Day weekend was lovely. Mine was good. You may have heard that I went to uh, Lake of the Ozarks. Uh, to spend some time with family. We hadn't seen each other since early 2020. Uh, well, mid-2020. I apologize. Uh, July 4th. Uh, that's when uh, I saw my family last. Uh, I had seen uh, my brothers in September of 2020, but the whole family, my sisters-in-law and my nieces and nephews, got to see them. Uh, it had been almost a year. And uh, we went, my brother Jeff and sister-in-law Tori and their kids have uh, a house at the Lake of the Ozarks. And we go there and uh, fish and swim and uh, barbecue and just have a great, great time. And uh, I got to be a man. You know, last week I suggested uh, you go out and enjoy some nature. And I hope you were able to. I know I did. We froze for a little bit. It was uh, unseasonably cold. Uh, out there on the lake it was I mean it was in the 40s and that first day fishing um, that first morning uh, my brother my youngest brother Joe and I well the uh, buffoons that we are we had only packed for summer Uh, had no uh, you know what I was going to say we had no idea it was going to be so cold I'd be lying if I said that I looked at the weather forecast saw that for a while in the mornings it was going to be like in the 40s, but that eventually it would warm up to 65 and, 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 and some days to like 72 and stuff. So I went, well, I don't need cold weather where. It's the summer. I'm smarter than the weather forecast. That's essentially what I did. And we, I quickly proven wrong when you're doing, um, whatever, 45 miles per hour in a bass boat uh, or 50, whatever it is, out on a uh, windy lake. <laughs> It gets uh, cold quite quite quickly. So, uh, but the fishing was good. The fishing was good. No monsters this time. Um, one of my brothers may have had a close to a three-pound largemouth, but other than that, it was all sort of uh, pound, pound and a half, that kind of thing. And uh, I, I tend, among my three brothers, or, well, there are four of us, among the four of us, I tend to catch... The most variety of fish. I, I have yet to catch a fish over 2.5, I think. And I'm, man, all my brothers have five pounders and, and stuff like that. I am, I'm due for a really big catch. But 
I do tend to catch the most variety. I was uh, well, I was king of the crappie this weekend, um, throwing uh, crankbait and rattle traps. The official Bill Lewis rattle traps, by the way. And uh, for for anybody who fishes, you <laughs> may uh, know exactly what I'm talking about. Well, um, and um, you know, my brothers they throw all kinds of they throw top water and. Uh, uh, they'll uh, jigs and they'll 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 just dangle uh, worms or, or dance them around the bottom or I just like to crank pretty much I like I like to throw out the lure and uh, bring it in so uh, I uh, man a lot of crappie some white bass a couple largemouth and um, a uh, what else did I there was one time I caught a walleye which is they're there at the Ozarks but they're not uh, they're not easy to catch and when I did it we were all uh, sort of celebrating and freaking out. It was pretty cool. But those moments out on uh, uh, the boat. And if you know this, when you bass fish, maybe you don't know this, um, you're not in the middle of the lake when you, uh, you can be. But uh, for the most part, we get up to uh, close to the shore and you fish the shallow areas around the shore, particularly where there's shade or grass growing in the water, and, um, yeah, you throw your line, you, you throw your lure out there as close to the shore as you can without getting snagged, which I'm also a snag king. Um, I, w- I will uh, overthrow every now and again and uh, into a bush or a tree, <laughs> and then what happens is you have to uh, yank on the line really hard to get it to rip out of that f- uh, foliage, so it'll either do uh, one of two things. It won't rip out, and uh, you have to get really close to it and uh, pull, try to pull it out with your hands or cut it out or whatever, or lose it. So actually, one of three things will happen. It won't come out. You have to get, it, you have to get real close to get it out. Uh, another thing is the line will break, and you'll lose your lure. The third thing is it will come free from the bush or tree and shoot back at you at 100 miles per hour. So you'll have this... <laughs> thick plastic lure flying at you with two large treble hooks attached to it and uh yeah they uh, <laughs> you you have to be wary of that uh one of the hardest times i wanted to laugh but i couldn't is when i was snagged and i pulled that line back and my lure came flying back at us and uh the treble hook embedded itself in my brother joe's calf and <laughs> I stifled a laugh. Uh, I did feel a little, I felt bad. I did. But he, he of course, ye- ah! he yelled hard and he uh, got the pliers and he pulled it out uh, r- successfully. I, a lot of times that doesn't go so smoothly. Well, he was able to just sort of get it out and it was in there. But he did get it out rather pain and uh, pain, uh, painlessly. Uh, he wasn't happy. And so that's why I wasn't laughing. But uh, to myself later, boy, I was really, really giggling. Uh, <laughs> but that's that's how we are as brothers. We're we're jerks. Uh, yes, I have been hit by uh, lures as well. And uh, one time, Joe got he actually he got me back. I, it it went into my back and uh, went through my shirt and into my back. And he had to uh, he had to he, he was able to pull it out with his hands. But I certainly felt it. <laughs> So, uh, my point was, though, uh, the, uh, 
man, oh, man, fishing the shore and fishing docks. So you go around the docks and you fish the corners of the dock. And These are places that bass like to hang out. And um, as we're just trolling along in our in my brother's bass boat, he's up there in the front uh, manning the uh, – uh, the the trolling motor, he's up there, and uh, I'm in the back sitting, and, and we're just casting away quietly, and it's uh, we're listening to uh, the sounds of the lake and of uh, the woods beyond, and uh, my gosh, we saw a lot of snakes, and we saw uh, a bunch of turtles and blue, uh, blue heron and uh, just these prehistoric-looking birds, and um, it was really... Really relaxing, just so great. And I think I've talked about this before. If so, I, I, I don't mean to to bore you with uh, some some repeated thoughts here, but fishing may seem rather boring to some. You throw out your line, you reel it in, and you do it again. And I mean you do it hundreds of times. And to me, it is as exciting as anything. At the same time, Super relaxing. I mean, it's just so chill. And what's exciting about it is every cast, there's hope of is this cast going to be the uh, the big one? And it's just wonderful. So for me, it's a, a series, actually. So I, I'm out on the boat. I'm uh, already with, my, with people I love, and I'm with... Uh, uh, by the way, funny people I love. My family's all very funny. And uh, we've got uh, uh, wonderful drinks and snacks on the boat with us. And uh, the, the nature is just terrific and uh, we're surrounded by it. And uh, it starts with that first case. So first, it's uh, when I throw this uh, lore, is it going to be a good cast? So is it going to go far enough to be where the bass hang out close to the shore, uh, or is it going to be too far, or is it, am I going to be too short? <laughs> so first, you want to get a good cast, and when you get that good cast, it's great. It's so great. When it lands, when you're looking at a spot where you go, oh, my gosh, that one little area is under some shade. It's close to some rocks or, or a fallen tree. If I can hit just next to the fallen tree and not snag on the fallen, and when you do it, yeah, all right. I nailed it. Step one. All, very satisfying. Then you start reeling it in. And, uh, oh, man, am I going to get a bite? Am I going to get a bite? And uh, when you do get a bite, and all of a sudden you feel that that hook is set, and the fish starts uh, running with it, you uh, you sometimes you can't tell the size. And you go, oh, my, this could be it. This could be the six-pound bass that I have been dreaming about. And uh, if I can just reel this in. So then you reel it in, hoping that that hook really is set so you don't lose the fish. And then it's, as you're reeling it in, am I going to win that fight? And am I going to get it on the boat? (laughs) Because if you lift it up out of the water and that fish shakes off the hook and falls back into the water, you did not catch that fish. If you get it into the boat, over the boat, and it flies off the hook and hits the side of the boat and falls into the water, you didn't catch that fish. You did not land it. And that can be heartbreaking and also uh, pretty comical because 
fishermen, every person who fishes has been there. And so when you see it happen to somebody else, you go, oh, I know exactly how that feels. It's such a bummer. It sucks so bad <laughs> that you didn't quite land it. And it was right there. And it's really heartbreaking when it is something of size. When you go, oh, man, we would have weighed that. And uh, that would have been uh, on my list of great catches. Now, sometimes the fish really puts up a fight and you reel it in, you get on the boat and it's quite small and you go, man, that thing had some heart. Holy cow. And that's also some of the fun, the mystery of what you have on the line. What do I have? Do I have a bass? Do I have a, uh, a white bass, which puts up a lot of fight? You may think you have a big, large mouth when really you have a small white. <laughs> do I have, uh, uh, and we've had it to where it's like, okay, get the net. This is a monster I have on my line, and it ends up being a gar, which is a, a fish you can do nothing with, but they're gigantic and, uh, and hideous. And uh, so then that, uh, that usually elicits screams and yells when it's, uh, it finally pops its head up out of the water. It's just a wonderful, wonderful time. If you've never been fishing, um, I, it, try it. Go with somebody who has and who, uh, who can help you out. And... Uh, my nieces have really grown to it. My nephews uh, are good fishermen, and my nieces, in fact, my 10-year-old caught a largemouth, probably close to two pounds. We didn't, oh, I'll tell you why. We didn't get a chance to uh, uh, weigh it here in a second. But she was standing on the dock, and she had a worm on her hook, and she was it, she was uh, with a bobber. She wasn't throwing a lure. She had uh, the worm in the hook, and she, she cast it out there and sat and waited. Well, um... We were all talking on the dock and stuff, and all of a sudden we look over, and she's struggling. Her uh, fishing pole is bent so severely that it looks like it's going to snap, and she is just doing her best to reel whatever it is on there that she has, and she's hanging onto that pole as it's as the fish that she has attached to it is really fighting, and and uh, and and she's just this thing's going crazy, and she's doing a great job reeling it in and she had she had that hook set because this thing jumped up out of the water we saw how big it was and we're all cheering and going banana oh my gosh her name's atlas so we're atlas you're doing great keep it up and uh she asks for help she says dad come over here so my brother john runs uh, over to her and she's got the pole lifted out of the water and the fish is out of the water <laughs> And John grabs the line to help her pull it in. And as he's pulling it in, the fish falls off the hook. It flips off the hook and falls right into the water. And I tell you what, Atlas let her dad have it. <laughs> she, oh, dad, I, I shouldn't have had you help me. You lost it. And he felt awful. He felt so bad. But it's one of those things. So she didn't land the fish. She didn't get it up on the dock. But we were so proud of how she was handling it. She was doing everything right. And she even said so, that she was doing everything right until Dad came over and messed it up. And uh, the thrill and excitement that she had, she came running over to all of us. 
And she goes, I, I was just standing there, and I thought I, I thought I should check my worm. And so I started reeling in, and I went, oh, oh my gosh, I seem to be snagged on something. And uh, I kept reeling in. I went, oh, it's moving. I've got a fish. And I so I started reeling in, and it was this huge bass. I mean, that's exactly how she was talking. She was so thrilled. And we had all just seen uh, this. But she was recounting it, and her eyes were wide, and she was just beside herself. And, uh, oh, she's she's... I was so I was so very proud of her. She had you know and you know what? And we told her, we said, Hey, that you lost that fish. And then she corrected us and said, Well, Dad lost. And I said, Okay, well look, uh, you didn't get the fish, but the way you you were handling yourself and uh the way that you were controlling your pole and reeling in and uh and doing everything you were supposed you did everything your best, and we are so proud of you, and you should be so proud. I mean, we really were telling her this, and she took it not um, in a, a, a haughty way or a braggadocious way. She really took it to heart, and it was a it was a wonderful moment. Now, if you don't like fishing, if you uh, if you go, oh, you know what, I uh, it seems a little cruel to me. You <laughs> you hook these uh, little critters and you pull them in where they can't breathe, and um, you uh, rip the hook out of their mouths and then just throw them back in the water or whatever. Now, I know I know some people who uh, are totally fine with fishing so long as you eat what you catch. You uh, you keep what you catch and you eat it, and uh, there you go. They don't like the catch and release. And you know what? There's a little bit of, uh, there's a little part of me that uh, doesn't like it either, uh, even though I'm uh, I, I this is weird to say, I love it. I love it. But there is a little part of me. That goes, ah, man, that's that's got to be very unpleasant <laughs> to to uh, see a piece of what you think is food to go. Oh, I'm going to eat. And when you bite it, not only is it fake, there's a hook attached to it and it's puncturing your mouth. And now you're being yanked and lifted out into the air where you can't breathe by these. Uh, probably hideous, tall, big, giant creatures <laughs> who are yelling or they're loud or whatever, and then they're manhandling you, and they've got pliers or they've got uh, their hands in your mouth, whatever, and they're they're yanking that hook out. Uh, uh, you know, and and by the way, there are humane ways to uh, take a hook out. All right, you don't just yank it out. When when I'm saying I'm, I'm I am being sort of dramatic there, but. Uh, you, uh, you get that, that hook out and then, uh, you're just, you're tossed in the air and you slap back into the, <laughs> into the water and you swim away and you go, what the hell just happened? <laughs> that was a nightmare. Now, a lot of this, of course, is projection. We tend to, uh, give animals human attributes because that's what we know. Uh, look, the brain of a fish can't comprehend uh, a lot of what I just uh, suggested it could. However, we don't know what it feels. We really don't. And um, uh, you, it's easy to look at a fish, take the hook out uh, of its mouth and go, okay, there's no blood. Um, there's, you can't even really see a hole, if you do it right, by the way, and all this stuff. And uh, um, it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. We don't know. We uh, honestly, I mean, how do we know uh, what the the nerves and the pain receptors of a fish, how they work, where exactly they are, 
how intense of a pain it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, we have no clue. When a dentist works on your mouth, they, uh, they too have mouths and have had dental work done. So they know the limits of a human's pain. Now, some people's pain threshold is much higher than others, but they at least are, they're, they're in the, they're in the general ballpark of, I can, I can't, uh, <laughs> scrape too hard or I can't drill too hard or whatever they know. All right. And, uh, they can give us the proper, uh, pain relief either before or after the procedure or both. But, uh, so it's different for, we, we have no idea what it feels like to be caught, <laughs> to be a fish with a hook and sometimes man it is a bummer the fish will swallow the hook and it's really deep in there or or uh, when what i feel bad is when i snag a fish this happens where you you throw your uh your line out there and you go oh i've got one and you reel it in and the hook is in the side of the fish it didn't even it wasn't even necessarily going for the <laughs> the food you just happened to it, it was swimming by or it went for the food missed and you yanked and it got it went to its side and sometimes there is a little bit of blood there, and you go, ah, man, I, ho- I really hope I didn't hurt the thing too badly. But it doesn't stop me from fishing. Does that make me a uh, uh, a cruel person? That's up to you to decide. I don't think it does. But am I just telling myself that so I can continue a recreational activity that I really enjoy? Um, ah, boy. You know, I, I think conservationists would argue that fishing is a good thing that you want to control much like any animal you want to control the population and you and things like that especially yeah if you are feeding your family or, or um uh, you know you're you're enjoying the fruits of uh the lake as it were uh you're eating what you catch but catch and release truly is uh man you know what if it's not cruel Maybe a little selfish, huh? Maybe a little, uh, yeah. Did you see what I did? Did you see what I caught? I did that. I don't care what that fish, uh, how, what what it feels or how, what it thought. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. When we fish, and I think when most people do, we're never out. We're n- it's not, there's no... There's certainly no malice intended, and uh, it 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 really is a uh, it it really is thrilling. Um, you know, uh, hey, maybe it's thrilling for the fish. Maybe uh, it's an exciting thing to get back underwater and go, guys. You're not going to believe what just happened to me. And then one of them go, "Are you kidding? That happened to me last week." I've always wondered if uh, when you throw a fish back into the lake. If it hangs around that area and will bite the same lure again. Now, my brother John has caught the same bass twice. He and he knows this because the first time he caught it, the bass. <laughs> well, actually, the bass had a history of being caught because when he caught this bass, it had a uh, a line in its mouth already. So he he reeled it in. He got his hook removed and he saw that there was some fishing line in the bass's mouth. Now, he couldn't pull it all out. He couldn't get to the hook, apparently. So what he did was he snipped the line so that it wasn't this long thing dangling out of the poor thing's mouth. So he did his best to try to try to help the, the, the thing. So he, he cut the line really short, and he threw it back. Later that day, 
he reels in a bass. And my gosh, if it's not the bass with a now trimmed fishing line, it's, it was it was the line he trimmed. It was the exact fish. So if they're not smart enough to recognize the same uh, piece of fake food <laughs> that got them into trouble the first time, maybe they're not smart enough to realize, uh, to feel the things that we sometimes think they're feeling, you know? Uh, but who's who's to say? I'll, I'll leave it up to you. I'll leave it up to you. And if you, uh, you know, if you're against it, uh, oh, man, I, I really do respect your opinion and your feelings. I'm having uh, some conflict with a few things. Uh, in, in regards to that, I recently uh, did some research. Well, um, I, I, uh, I'm torn even talking about it because I, I don't want anybody to feel bad for the choices they're making, okay? Uh, but I will, t- I will go ahead and tell you what I'm going through. And, by, and by, That's a little dramatic. What I'm pondering is what I should say. I'm thinking about not eating pork anymore. And uh, first off, the health benefits of pork, uh, not great. Not great. Um, they can tell us that it's the other white meat all they want. Uh, no, there's a difference health-wise <laughs> between a nice grilled chicken breast and uh, bacon. All right? so Or even a pork chop. So um, uh, health, health-wise, not great. Delicious, absolutely. Okay? But... From what I've been reading, and uh, you could tell me that I'm reading the wrong things, it, that's, and I wouldn't really argue with you, because as we all know, you can find anything to substantiate whatever belief you have out there on the internet. And I tried to read uh, di- differing views on this. I did read differing views on this. Apparently, uh, a- and I tend to believe it because uh, it was a pretty, com- what I read was compelling. Pigs, uh, pretty aware pretty darn aware of what's going on with them. Now, I would never tell anyone to not eat pork. I'm just not going to do it. If you want to and you like it and uh, you're fine with my gosh, do it. Trust me, I have eaten a lot of it. And I've eaten it as recently as um, over the weekend. Yeah, yeah, over the weekend. I had some bratwurst and I had some hot dogs. Certainly pork products in both. Um, so, but I really am considering eliminating it from my diet uh, because it, it uh, reading about pigs, they seem pretty intelligent and they seem pretty aware. And a lot of the uh, techniques used to dispatch of them seem, um, ugh, it seems to me that the pigs are aware during all of it, and it, that does bum me out. It does. It bums me out. Uh, so I, uh, I am. Uh, I'll keep you posted on what I decide. Um, obviously, we're all for animal rights, but a lot of us are also uh, carnivorous. I mean, uh, so I. Uh, it's it's sometimes you just gotta reflect and go. Okay, do I still? Do I still feel the same way I, I, I used to or have uh, my whole life? It's just nice to have uh, some debates with yourself every now and again. And I am having one regarding pork. If you have any information on it, uh, besides just eat it, <laughs> um, which I appreciate, uh, you know. Uh, but if you do have any, like, insight into this, um, let me know. And maybe you're even a uh, a pig farmer and uh, or you even work at a, a – a, uh, 
uh, a slaughterhouse or something, and you you go, no, no, look, I assure you, we do, we really do uh, a humane job. Um, and, and you know, if you're being honest, uh, let me know, please, because uh, I certainly, again, I am not in any way uh, telling people what to do. This is just some thoughts I've I've been having for me. What's right for me? So, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, good weekend fishing and uh, a good. Uh, I, I I really hope that you had a good time as well. Um, something to work on this week. Oh, man. You know, I just mentioned, uh, obviously, uh, talking about how I love to eat pork, but I'm having a little bit of a moral uh, dilemma with it. You know, maybe I'm wrong, maybe not. Regardless, what I think you should do this week is uh, something that you can share with your family or friends, uh, whoever you're, you're, you're around or comfortable with being around right now. Go ahead and treat yourself this week. To your favorite meal. That's right. Whatever you consider your favorite meal. Cook it up. Order it, maybe. Uh, whatever. Uh, even if you had it last week. It's your favorite meal, for gosh sake. I want you to uh, treat yourself. Why? Because you deserve it. You deserve it. We're coming out of a very long year. Um, and uh, things are starting to open up. We're... We're all on different sort of comfort levels with it. Everybody's got their own uh, ideas as to where we should be or whatever. So, um, yeah, treat yourself and treat uh, some folks, uh, uh, get some good company. And, uh, man, oh, man, make that meal that you love so much. Uh, And if you don't know what it is, maybe just make a mess of some of your favorite things. Heck, I mean... uh, Maybe uh, your favorite foods are uh, a California roll, macaroni and cheese, and a grilled cheese sandwich. Uh, do it. Have those three things. And uh, really uh, yeah, treat yourself. Enjoy yourself. I have um, some uh, some news. Uh, it's not, uh, not crazy, earth-shattering news, but I'm going to share it with you next week. I'm, I'm excited about it. And uh, you may hear about it on the... Um, uh, the big show before our next visit on that Josh Arnold podcast. Uh, but uh, I will be talking about it more at length next week. Uh, the news is not career related. It's um, not uh, relationship related. It's uh, just some uh, just some fun, good, uh, uh, different news. Uh, uh, just a slight adjustment to... Uh, to my life, and uh, I don't mean to be uh, to tease you. Uh, well, in fact, you know what? I'll just tell you what it is. And uh, well, earlier this week, I goodbye.